Well, welcome to MPO Sports Podcast. We are joined by Woody and JW again. So he's well and truly broken out of the mould of Mike Sheehan and he's back with us and we're loving every minute of it. Uh, just before we get into it, uh, the show this week, we'll be discussing the World Game, the NBA, com- combat sports, and we're going to have a bit of a chat about Tokyo, which may lead us down a bit of a controversial pathway because one of the listed topics could really incite some people and the other 99% of our nation will probably agree. But that is to uh, wait for that special moment. We'll kick it off starting. We've got the world game. But before we do that, how are you doing, Woody? No, I'm doing okay. Um, as you said, the Olympics start um, this weekend, actually. So Yeah, it's kind of crept up, isn't it? That's right. Everything's sort of um, rolling into one another now. So we've just had the NBA finals finish. We're into the Olympics and we'll be into the NFL. So there's a lot happening in the next few weeks. Do... Do not discount a late-minute cancelling of the Olympics. That's the late mail at the moment from Japan. Yeah, well, we just wait and see about that, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, Mr. Wharf, how are you doing? Yes, good, mate. Uh, just in the midst of, midst of <clears throat> lockdown and uh, homeschooling and whatnot, uh, having cordoned myself off in an area of the house uh, away from any home, any home learning that might be going on. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, I, I look. I must be honest. I've experienced my home learning with my firstborn, um, as far as um, m- little men go, and he, yeah, well, it's it's fun. Let's just say that. Yeah. And 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 actually, I know this is not really a <clears throat> NPO sports podcast um, sort of topic, but. Lockdown means that you're around your children a lot more and that sort of thing. And I know both you uh, lovely chaps have boys as well. Um, do you have any aiming issues? Do the boys have Do the boys have any <laughs> aiming issues? Because seriously, every time I go in there, there's the smell of ammonia and someone has missed the toilet. And it's certainly not me. And it's certainly not my daughter. I, I see now. I see now what you're alluding to. Um, <coughs> I don't think. I don't think any of us have a hundred percent strike rate when we. No, that's right. We'd be lying if we said we. We'd be lying if we said we did. We all endeavour to. And I, I think it's fair to say, if we um, never missed, we'd be sitting to do the deed. Anyway, sorry. I, I just it was just a frustrating lockdown thing. I thought I'd ask two fathers of boys that exact question. And, um, yeah, well, and just before we go into our topics of discussion, I believe my sparring partner from the AFL show that we do has just joined us. How are you, Mel? Okay. Yes, it is going well. Good, good, she is there. (laughs) Because we had some audio issues just before we went hit record, and I thought, oh, look out. Bucks. Bucks and six. Uh, Mel, you're excited now. Can you just, just, just for the listeners, can you just give us a rundown? Just give us a, just give us a backstory of you following the Bucks and when and where it happened and how how long it's been for. Just, just, just for the, just for the listeners, you're about, you're about. To, I know you're about to sprout about this. We will, but we, but we need some background on your actual supporting of the Bucks before anybody takes it seriously. Okay, so for me, it began with the Packers. I'm a massive Green Bay Packer fan um, and 
I think what happened is, as as the boys know, I'm you know, diehard, insane, um, footy supporter. But come summer, um, as much as I love my Test cricket, which I do, travel the world for Test cricket, that sort of stuff. Um, I just felt it wasn't enough. I needed more sport. And so I started watching NFL and fell in love with the Packers and um, their story because it's so similar to Geelong Football Club that they're a regional um, small town, um, you know, super successful. Uh, Yeah, so that was pretty early on and I became a shareholder of the Packers in 2012, I think it was. Um, and, yeah, it just went from there. So then I fell in love with the the Milwaukee teams in general, big Brewer fan now, and um, and the Bucks, of course, and I've been over to Milwaukee twice and seen um, seen Giannis and seen the Bucks in the flesh and, and live. One of my friends actually works for the Bucks, so did the whole tour and everything, so that just... Um, cemented my love for the Bucks and here we are and Bucks in six and I'm just absolutely thrilled. Who who knew? Who thought well, that we'd get there? You've definitely like, uh, you've yeah. definitely definitely covered the full gamut of being a supporter there, Mel. So hats off to you. So just <laughs> what what were your expect- expectations, Mel, when we seen uh Giannis go down with his knee injury? Oh, well, when when that happened, I think every Milwaukee Bucks fan's heart sank and I must admit being a little bit of a pessimist when it comes to sport um, because I've had a look, watched a lot of heartbreak, um, I thought, well, that's, that's that. I mean, you can't, how can you win a championship with without not only our best player but, you know, the league's best player? So... Um, I thought it was done and dusted um, and the king has risen and brought it back to Milwaukee. I'm, I'm just, I'm absolutely wrapped. I've been crying all morning what's going on. I'm meant to be working right now. <laughs> so you should be. I, I, was, I, 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 was saying to, I was saying to Woody, um, I, I don't think I've actually seen a better individual performance in an NBA finals game from anyone and that includes the greats uh, the... i don't think you will i don't i just don't think you will i'm sorry that i'm so animated right now guys i just i don't think you will i'll probably be saying things that um they're a little bit over the top but i mean you know what was it 50 points or something like that you just you don't even seen that seen that in the regular season so for a championship um decider just, oh, just insane just phenomenal he's the king of milwaukee um, and he 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 saved us. I mean, he brought this home. I'm just I just I can't believe it. I'm um, just wrapped. Look, congratulations because yeah. I know you're a diehard. But I have to pull you up on swearing because there is only oh, one king. There is only one king in the NBA, and it's certainly not young. <laughs> self proclaimed king, by the way. It doesn't matter. Most kings originally are self proclaimed to become kings, and then they start a lineage from there. <laughs> So, anyway. so, I, so look. Go for it. I mean, you can't, you can't <clears throat> debate it on the on this day. Let, let's let's just this is this is Bucks Day. Bucks oh. in six day. Getting Bucks. the tat on the hip. No, it, no, this is uh, this yeah. is this is legendary. He's put himself. 
he's put himself in the legendary status <laughs> now, I think. No, and, that's right. And, and to think it was only uh, a matter of maybe half a centimetre of someone's foot being on the line. <laughs> if, if well, actually being yes, here. that's right. A big sliding doors moment right there, big wasn't it? Big sliding doors moment. Half of Kevin Durant's big toe. <laughs> And like all we ever heard was that he won't stay. Why would he stay in you know a shit a shit city like Milwaukee, which it's not, by the way, um, you know? And so much talk that he that he's going to go pretty much what we're hearing and seeing with with you know Aaron Rodgers right now. Um, so let's hope Aaron <laughs> let's hope Aaron gets back to Green Bay ASAP and we can get a ring there as well. Well, yeah, I think uh, that's what the, the NBA needed this, I think. Um, they've gone down a bit of a path or players have gone down a bit of a path of joining up and joining up together and going to the, going to the bigger markets and, and people have been encouraging players to do that now, whereas before it was kind of taboo. So mm. for, for a bloke to actually stay in that city, which I'd never thought he was leaving anyway, um, and, actually, and actually deliver and, and bring it home. A little bit guys, but, yeah. Um, it's good. It's really, really. It's good for the NBA as a whole. I think. So what you're it, saying it, is, it's great for the small market. Okay. Well, so what you guys are saying is, there's now three good things about Milwaukee. Um, obviously, the Bucks um, winning, um, but then you've also got Happy Days was based in Milwaukee, and Laverne and Shirley was based in Milwaukee. And that's about it. So anyway. Yeah, that was the first thing that came to mind when you, when, no, you said yeah. when when I hear Milwaukee, I think Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, well, automatic. The opening um, with all those beer bottles. But it's, let's just um, for the beer. Let, let, let's just look at the game in itself. I mean, like, and as we said before about um, you know stars joining the team up. Well, Giannis is the only genuine genuine superstar in that team. Um, so he's sort of um, gone against the trend. Um, and today put up 50 points, 14 rebounds and five blocks. Like that is just sensational game on the, or not, not series on the line, but you know, they wanted to win it at home and in front of their own crowd. And, um, he puts up a performance for the ages like that. Just it's absolutely crazy. Now, how are you going to be celebrating, Mel? I think she's dropped out. Um, while we're trying to get Mel back, though, Jez. Um, well, it's hard, isn't it? Because of lockdown. I tell you what, I just I've, I've spoken with all my Bucks friends, and I'm like, I just I wish I was in Deer District right now. I mean, it would just be oh well. But from the pictures that we see, it's just insane. America's living. We're in lockdown. <laughs> Um, so it's pretty it's pretty stark um, the difference between celebrating in Australia and celebrating in Milwaukee right now. So not so so not much, but um, but you know I'll, I'll enjoy this for myself and and I'll watch it later tonight on replay and um, relive it again and cry again. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, um, well, just as uh, just interest, interesting stat in the city of Milwaukee today, there were 100, 163 COVID cases. And if you saw the crowd at Deer Park, <laughs> there's, there's now going to be 100, there's now going to be 160,000 cases. But anyway, you know what? I think Milwaukee locals might be like, "Hey, this is worth it, man." Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Just, just like uh, a long time. So, just like just like giving five draft picks away for Drew Holiday was worth it. <laughs> it's paid for itself already. Oh, yep. 
people are absolutely more, more crazy than I thought. So, um, no, it's 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 insane and good good on America, um, good on Milwaukee for for being able to be out and about living and celebrating because you know what this this is massive for the city of Milwaukee, but it's just massive for people mentally. Like it, uh, even if you're not a Milwaukee Buck fan. How can you not feel feel some sort of joy today? Yeah, no, I don't think anybody any anybody would be uh, not happy for Giannis and the Bucks today. And, uh, I, I, hats off to the Suns too, by the way, just for even making it that far to begin with. Um, after literally being in the basement for like ten years and making the playoffs the first time, getting the finals, uh, and, get, and I don't think Chris Paul was a hundred percent. I really enjoyed that it was these two teams. Yeah, it was, it was an enjoyable final when I knew it was those two teams. I, <clears> being being bipartisan, like I really didn't mind who won. Yeah, I normally I watch an NBA finals. And I'm like, oh, I hate those blokes. I don't, <laughs> I don't. I want this team to win, and I barrack. But I wasn't really feeling that for either way for any side in this finals. Uh, sort of, unless the Golden State Warriors are yeah, in it. It's different so. when it's the big money. There's only one thing that would have made it bigger for Milwaukee is if Jackie Moon led them to the title, but anyway. Oh, you idiot. We've snuck in Levin and Shirley. And, the, um, uh, one, well, here um, we go. We're going well. One, Jackie Moon. One, one guy that's worth noting as well is Chris Middleton. Him and uh, Giannis started their journey at Milwaukee together. And um, Chris Middleton definitely played his part. But, um, he didn't. Didn't always. No, that's right. He didn't always put up big numbers, but he always did what mattered when it mattered late. Yeah, he had big moments, didn't he? Big moments. If you you needed a bucket to be made with a couple of minutes to go, you give it to Middleton. That's pretty good from a second round. I thought going five was enormous. um, Really set us up in that game. So for us to get it back home for game six. And now, what start? The, the exciting part for us is now the off season starts, and there's nothing like the NBA off season. It's uh, all, always, <laughs> always, the, the always, always, the trade always period. Coming. You just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's around the corner. You just can't up. keep up. But let's not talk about the off season. Let me celebrate this one. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's live in the moment. Best time in fifty years, guys. Go Bucks. I'm so wrapped, but I'm going to have to go. My boss is calling me. No <laughs> worries. Thanks for, thanks for joining us, Mel. And thanks, Mel. Speak soon. Talk to you on the AFL show. Catch ya. six. Bye. <laughs> All right. So that that's covered the NBA. I've had enough of the Bucks. Uh, let's move on to the world game. And I've got listed our first uh, point of discussion is the, um, well, the purchasing spree of the Melbourne Victory Football Club. And let's be brutally bloody honest, they were looking like playing Ballarat Division Three at one stage. So if, um, if, if anybody's going to be brutally honest about the victory, it's going to be you, Tim. So well, please no, lay it on us. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not going to um, bag, but let's be brutally honest. For the bit, one of the biggest. Well, have they got the biggest supporter base? Is it bigger than? Sydney? Yeah, well, yeah, they were the biggest club. <coughs> I believe biggest so, club yeah. in the country. Yeah. Okay, so considering the size of the club's um, supporter base and the expectations, let's be brutally honest. Um, there's a there's a word starts with F, ends with K. 
Uh, they had to do effing something, didn't they? Well, I don't, I don't think they had a choice. What, what they well, what they, what they were doing last season obviously wasn't working. So they decided to go down a, a, a particular path. And um, last year they went on an overseas spending spree. I believe they've got rid of most most of their overseas players and gone on an Australian spending spree this year. Obviously, with Tony Popovich coming on board. Um, do you have been? There's probably about four names that have just signed on, Woody. Um, yeah, so they've got um, Josh Brillante, so he's signed. Um, so I think that's actually a pretty good um, a signing for them. Now, let's let's be real here. We're not um, talking about guys that are going to drive victory to the um, top of the table or a championship, but they're guys that are probably going to get them um, off the bottom and at least into the mix for finals, I think. Um, and Berlanto, he's there's nothing flashy about him. There's nothing special about him, but he just gets his gets the job done. He knows his role. He's solid, I think he? I think he'll fit into the the side there um, with victory. Um, he's your defensive midfielder. He yeah. is. He he's he's that holding midfielder, which let's be honest, is just about the most crucial role in the game these days. If it's uh, done I think properly. Matt uh, Matsperanovic is one of those players who seems to just play wherever Tony Popovich goes. Um, yeah. Yeah, but look, there's a few guys like that around the A-League, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Has um, Popper brought in any of his sons? Not to my knowledge. Not at the moment, but we can probably expect it to happen. Won't Mm -hmm. be far off. It's always a family affair with Popper. Yeah, yeah, they might too. Uh, Jason Davidson. Jason Davidson, another, again, another astute signing, I would say. Not going to be a world beater, but... He's a a solid Australian player. No, that's right. He's he's been around a long time, it seems, but um, he's still only 30 years old. Um, but that just really, like, so they've got um, Brillante, who's the holding midfielder, and now they've got another defender in Davidson. So he, he's he been around the world, really. Um, so he, he knows what it takes to to perform um, at this sort of level. Well, so maybe, I think maybe, the just... appeal, maybe, maybe the appeal of the job to Popper was that he's pretty much got a blank canvas because they're going to get rid of most of the players. Save for save for Lee Broxham, who's I think he's yeah. going to play. I think he's going to play till he's forty nine. I think so sure. at this rate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you see, like um, I was saying with Berlante and Davidson, they're just they're they're building from the back, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and let's be honest, you just look at their games against Melbourne City last season. Um, I think City scored six goals twice against them. So yeah, yeah, obviously yeah. issues at the back and these two guys will come in and they'll um, make they'll it a lot more that solid up, and that up a little up bit. A bit. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you may, we may see uh, may see the victory just popping a little bit more silverware back in the cabinet. Oh, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves if we think that's going to happen this year. But I think they, they're these, starting these, to put some building blocks in oh, place. This is the expectations this club has. Dream Weaver. Anyway, um, <laughs> next topic uh, is the Euro final, which was controversial by any game that goes down to penalties. Uh, my big, my big criticism is, um, I, I believe Gareth um, stumbled on the last hurdle as far as he's positioning the guys that took the penalties, and I think. Um, he probably is more to blame than those young fellas. What are your thoughts, guys? His, uh, yeah, his substitutions beforehand to, to Correct. penalty takers in. Um, oh, look, to be honest, 
penalties penalties are a crapshoot, and I hear all the time, oh, what other way could we end it but penalties? But there probably really isn't any other feasible way unless you want a game to go on forever. So I don't think that argument stands up. But, um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure if he had his time over again, he might have put him in different spots. But he went with it, and those were his, those were his convictions, I suppose. Yep. So now he'll um, he'll be judged harshly for that, and so he should. Um, you don't you don't leave a nineteen year old to take your last penalty in a shootout, do you? Like that's the, the guy's got enough pressure on him. And look, we know um, all the talk now is about mental well being of players and stuff like that. And those three guys have been smashed on social media too, um, and smashed in the wrong way. In too. the wrong way too. Yeah. Um, all the racial stuff, um, definitely no place for that. No, but this is this is stuff that you know, and let's let's hope it doesn't happen to Saka. But this is the stuff sort of that could ruin a guy's career early on. Um, but yeah, just putting that much pressure on a nineteen-year-old, um, Gareth Southgate's got to take the fall for that, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, look, I have nothing but admiration for anyone going up to take a penalty in the spot like that. Um, no, I mean, that's right. I'm going to take takes a, takes a bit of balls. Oh, it does, the coach needs to think about it more. And as you said before about penalties deciding games, there's probably no other way to do it. But um, as with all most things, soccer or football in Australia, once something happens, all these people that have never paid attention to the game are all of a sudden experts on it. And you see a flurry of stuff on social media about, oh, well, you know, penalties are just luck and it's a stupid way to win it. I can tell you there's not a lot of luck involved with penalties, um, as you can yeah. see with those three blokes that missed. It's still a test of skill. It's still a test of skill because you look at um, the three the three young English blokes all missed theirs. There's a lot of pressure, um, mm. and it's just about that skill execution. So it's not luck. It's not about picking that a number out of a hat, but um, I've, I've been involved in penalty shootouts before as both a penalty taker and the <clears> keeper. <throat> mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there's there's a little bit more than just luck that goes into it. I, th- no, I, think, there's, I think there's more luck when it's the goalkeeper situation, not the penalty taker. They will roll the dice at times and go a certain way because they think a player usually goes a certain way and things well, like that. So there is an that, element of luck. There is a little bit, but it's a it's a little bit more than most people think. No, um, but it's, and it's not thing, as little with the goalkeeper the as thing, when it is the actual shooters. That's right, because uh, if you're taking the penalty, the expectation is you'll score it. That's right. Um, and as a keeper, you're obviously not expected to... It's obviously obviously um, a bonus is... No. Yeah, uh, just say that again, Woody. You just dropped out for a sec. I was just saying that um, the... The onus is on the penalty taker to put the ball in the net, um, whereas the expectation is on the keeper to save it. And that's probably another reason why Saka shouldn't have taken that last one. You, you, you want to leave that for an experienced yeah. player that you know has got the composure. I do think the reason, the experience. I do think the reason why people get confused with um, luck is I think most of the luck in the penalty shooting is usually relying on the goalkeeper making the right prediction. But it's more than just luck too because <clears> they, they study film and stats and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the keepers, the, keepers, the keepers would, see, the keepers the would keepers, see which players take penalties and which way they generally go. Not just that. Players do have tells as well about yeah. which way they might go. Um, and the keepers 
at this level definitely do study that as well. But so, under the the laws these days, with where the keeper has to stand, it's even more weighted against the keeper. Hence, why luck comes into it a bit more because they're not allowed to stand off that line until the penalty's been taken. Where previously they could stand um, in front of the line. Well, not previously, but it's always been the rule well, they have. It's just how they've they've well, cut down on it. Well, not like that, you can't become off the line. Me, like you can't come off the me, line as far as Jersey Dudek did in the Champions me. League final for Liverpool. They've obviously put a focus on it. Worked, it worked for us. <laughs> they've obviously put a focus on it because it's been highlighted time and time again in recent times. Where as long as a couple of years ago it wasn't. So therefore, uh, they've definitely cracked down on it more in recent yes, years. They have, All but right, not so, when it mattered for Liverpool, Jeremy. Uh, correctly as well, because, you know, we needed that trophy. Okay. No, we did. Not as much as um, Borussia Mönchengladbach need a trophy. <laughs> no, okay. no, they need some silverware. Okay, okay, okay. That's got nothing to do with the topics. Let's move <laughs> on to combat sports. And we've got listed McGregor and Justin Poirier, um, number four with a question mark. Should they do it again considering what happened? Absolutely not. <clears throat> That's the short answer. Um, Poirier was all over him. Um, two judges gave that round 10-8 to Poirier. So um, that, that tells you there. Yeah, just, um, as, a, just as a layperson, um, I think Connor was getting his ass kicked anyway. He absolutely was. He landed one good shot on Dustin Poirier's chin with his left hook. And um, Poirier, as he did in the second fight, stood there and took it. And then he pushed forward. And um, if you re-watch that fight anyway, there was a point where Dustin's got um, McGregor on the ground and is dishing out some ground and pound. And I reckon he was probably only about two or three elbows away from Herb, Herb Dean stopping the fight. So it was very much one-way traffic. But also, as we've seen um, on the same, I think it was the same card, sometimes it's just that one punch and someone can actually win a fight, hence the Australian lad. Um, yeah. Um, Tito Avasa, yep. Yes, because he, he said himself he was pretty close to gone. Well, if you actually watch that last exchange, <coughs> Greg Hardy actually clipped him and he was a bit wobbly on his legs was um, tie. Multiple steps backwards after it, and yep, he not definitely exactly stumbled. Um, and but yeah, that's that, <clears throat> is that not why we love the sport, Tim? That's because... right. And what I was going to say was, agreed. McGregor was obviously getting well and truly beaten, but all it takes is that one punch or one kick. Yeah, it definitely does. As I said, that's why we love it because you just don't know mm. what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. Um, and especially going back to Tai Tuivasa in the heavyweight division. Um, the most boring of fights can end in the most spectacular of ways uh, just because of how hard those guys hit. But um, <laughs> I suppose what's next for Dustin Poirier is um, a title shot. So he forget, forewent a title shot this time against Oliveira because he was um, chasing the rematch with Connor. It obviously comes with a lot bigger payday, um, so you can't really begrudge a bloke that. Um, but, yeah, I think he's... Um, Next stop will be for the title. And so that's where I unfortunately believe McGregor still has a little bit of life in the old um, body because people want to fight him because he's his mouthpiece and he and he brings money. 
Yep. And um, <clears throat> one of um, – I can't remember his name. I think it's um, Kibib's old coach, Ali, um, has come out and said that most of the um, top 10 lightweights now just treat Conor McGregor as a um, easy win and a payday. He said not many guys actually respect him anymore and don't think he's that good. Um, so they're happy to sign up and get a win in the column and um, get the biggest payday that they've ever had. But at some stage, one day someone will, will possibly sign up and take take it too easy and get caught. So again, that's, that's right. And we know McGregor <clears throat> can hit hard. He's got that knockout power. Um, but I think um, his ego has far outweighed his talent at this stage. And unless he gets that balance back in check. Mm. Um, he's probably not going to have much left in the tank. True. Now, um, USC commentary. We've had numerous discussions, and that's why I've put it down there. Um, as far as I'm concerned, um, I prefer listening to the Fight Night commentary team versus yep. the pay-per-view one. Uh, just so the listeners know, I can't remember who the anchor man is, but um, the two we usually have is Paul Felder and Michael Bispin. Now, I I believe those two are the pick of the commentators they got at the moment, and they're only doing the fight night. I did also discuss with yourself, Woody, where I believe you could have those two plus Chael, who's now doing a show on the mixed martial arts for ESPN anyway. Yep. Um, I think that's starting um, very soon, a brand new show. And he's, show. Done, a, he's done a lot of commentary <clears throat> for Bellator previously as well. Yeah, so I, I can't see why they couldn't have the four. The, the anchor fellow, which his name escapes me at the moment. John, John Anik. <clears throat> yep, and have the other three with him. Because as far as I'm concerned, DC says what Dana wants him to say. Yep. And Joe Rogan, seriously, mate, um, stick to your podcast and your comedy because uh, I think the fight has passed you by. Um, would you uh, say that the um, the commentary's passed him by or has he just not been the same without his old old mate Michael Goldberg? <clears throat> Could very well be. I think those two complemented each other really well and I think, um, yeah, since Goldberg's left, um, Rogan hasn't really established any of that chemistry he had with Goldberg with anyone else. Well, look, as, as far as I'm concerned, it's well, it still has passed him by because he was reliant on chemistry and the chemistry's not there anymore. It's not there anymore, that's right. <clears throat> but, yeah, I can't say I really disagree with the guys that you've mentioned. Um, mm. <clears throat> yeah, I think um, Chael Sonnen and Michael Bisping are about as good as analysts as we have, um, especially Chael. He breaks <clears throat> things down in his own unique way. And um, the thing with um, both of those guys is... They've just got so much personality as well. And and I also think um, Felder co- complements those two personalities because he still has that insight from in the cage, but he's a different personality again. He's not a extrovert. He's probably more introverted about it. And I, and I believe yep. he's probably the pick of the three to get in the octagon after the fight and do the interviews. He's sort of more of a calming sort of person. Yeah, that's right. You listen to um, Chael and Bissing there. But <coughs> they're... Um, <coughs> They're a bit more emotive in their responses, I think, their initial yep. responses, whereas Felder is uh, very much more composed and analytical and breaks things down to the most minute detail, but he, he brings that real expertise to the card. Um, and I think he's still 
Oh, he's still um, contracted to fight as well. So he, he officially retired in November last year because I, I double-checked it, yeah. Yeah, he's, st- he's still got one fight left on his contract, though. So, I mean, if he wants to take that up, that's fine. Yeah. But um, <coughs> he could have a very long career in that commentary box for sure. Look, just before we move on to the next um, topic, which is the Tokyo Olympics, um, just want to mention Cupcake made a comeback. And um, to be honest, I was quite impressed. She actually had a bit of a stand-up game. Yeah, um, I still haven't seen the whole fight, but um, <clears throat> that's probably as good as anyone can look after, what, about nearly a five-year layoff? Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty close to the five. The only other fighter that comes to mind of any, I know they mentioned, was it Dominic Cruz? Had Dominic Cruz, he yeah. spent maybe three <laughs> years out or a bit more than that. GSP be up there as well with his time out. Before he come back for the middle eight, yep. yep. And look, as far as I'm concerned, I think her performance was probably more convincing than uh, even the GSP one. But GSP's was a title fight though, so you got to weigh that in. So he's yeah, probably against right. slightly better talent. But you know, uh, it'd be interesting to see where Cupcake goes. And I also noticed just before we move on that Holly Holm has come out and said she wants to fight her again. So. There's probably would... there's a potential for some coin for both ladies. It does, and it makes a bit of sense too. Um, last time they fought, Holly Holm took the belt off Misha, so um, it wouldn't be hard to build up that fight either. It was the other and, way around. That uh, was the other way around. Sorry, yes. yes. Um, <clears throat> and speaking of long layoffs, we've actually got uh, Nick Diaz making his return against Robbie Lawler in September. Okay. And so um, he spent five and a half, five. Be about okay. five and a half years out by the time he um, he walked into the octagon. So who um, is the better of the Diaz brothers, in your opinion? I think Nick was in his prime, definitely. <clears throat> but Nate's probably been still thereabouts, where Nick's been on a hiatus. Yeah, he's um, he's been waiting in the wings for a long time. So mm. uh, it'll be interesting to see what what we see from him, um, and he. Again, um, the fight against Robbie Laurel makes sense. It's a rematch from 17 years ago in Strike Force. Who won that one? Um, <coughs> I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, yeah, they've both been around the game for a long time, um, both in the twilight of their career, but um, should be a good scrap anyway because they just like to both stand, mm. stand and bang. But um, Nick Diaz also likes his jiu-jitsu as well. So it'll be mm. interesting to see what actually comes of that fight. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to the Tokyo Olympics. And our first talking point will cause controversy, but it's not the one I was talking about. Um, and yet again, probably 99% of Australia are all grovers. Lovely Liz at it again. Uh, would that be uh, the, Australian, <clears throat> the Australian Opals Liz Cambridge, Timmy? It would be. Um, look, I... I get sick and tired of her and Bogut's little war of words on social media, to be brutally honest. Yeah, I, think... I don't think that makes either of them look good. <laughs> no, I don't. I, and, and look, from what I've heard, Bogut himself's got a reasonable podcast and a lot of people like it, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, you're right. It's still, it can make someone intelligent look like a fool, the way he carries on. Um, and, look, I, you've got to weigh in. Look, I know Liz is a, a serial pest, you might say, around this sort of stuff. But it does. You've got to question the the media and what they're actually, what's truth and what's not truth. But it also too does tend to follow around. What are your thoughts, guys? Well, obviously the basketball authorities of the Opals, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be clamouring to into damage control over nothing, would they? 
especially with probably arguably their best player. Yeah, so there must have been an incident or incidents. Uh, what they are is another matter, but um, but none of it none of it really surprises with Liz because uh, she's got form in it, Woody. Yeah, well, that's right. She's um, not one to stray too far from the spotlight, is she? Um, there's always been talks that she's not real popular amongst the dressing room and all that sort of stuff, um, no matter where she's gone. My issue with it, though, is like apparently she may or may not have said some um, derogatory things towards some Nigerian players um, and what what that was or was not that was said, we don't know. But my issue with it is, is um, she's then quit the Olympics team and, you know, in an attempt to avoid backlash, she said, oh, I've got mental health issues. Um, To me, that just seems like a cop-out and a real slap into the face to people that actually battle mental health issues on a daily basis. It seems it's a bit of a... um, a backhander to them. Yeah, look, to, to act as crazy as she's been portrayed to have acted, maybe she does have some mental health issues, though, too, just the same. Because yeah, it is, it is quite cray-cray. It. it still doesn't <clears throat> excuse excuse um, some of the stuff that she's been rumoured to have said and the way she's rumoured to have been acted either. You can um, you can still keep, keep some of those things in check. Oh, look, great. But, um, yeah, I, I would say... Someone that's reacting the way she is isn't quite stable at the moment either way. But uh, that is what it is. That's enough about the lovely Liz. Uh, we'll move on. Men being women. <laughs> now, that's our uh, redneck way of saying, for example, um, a certain weightlifter from New Zealand that probably, you know, in a matter of 10 years ago was probably a fella doing weightlifting. Um, what are your thoughts, guys? Well, just before before we get into that, are we hundred percent certain the 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 Olympics is still actually going to go on? Uh, the late mail was um, that Mister whoever he is, head of um, Tokyo twenty twenty, even though it's twenty twenty one, um, is still saying he may have to pull the pin on it. Because of COVID cases over in Japan. Well, they got a spot. They got a spike in cases over there. They got athletes getting it. Hundred plus um, cases. They got, they got slow, slow vaccine rollouts. Um, it's all big, big melting pot over there. I think so. I wouldn't surprise to see it not not go ahead at all. The late mail was it could go down <laughs> to the wire. Look, at yeah. the moment, there's been no announcement. So let's. Um, I'm happy just to. Uh, Carry on with business play as on. usual and assume play it's on, play until, on until we, we're told. Until we hear otherwise, yeah. All right, so back to the topic. Men being women at sporting um, events and um, sport in general. Thoughts? Uh, just as a disclaimer, um, I have no issue with men wanting to be women and vice versa. Nor do I, but I, I think... And- and uh, you know, uh, we and we we are all we're also all allowed to have our personal opinion. Like there's a mm. X chromosome and X Y chromosome, and they're, they're the two types of people that are put on this earth. So that's just that's just my take on it. But big, in, in okay. terms in terms of the the men who have transitioned into women and competing against actual naturally natural females. Um, I think Blind Freddy can see that it's not really... Especially in a sport like weightlifting. 
<laughs> of all the sports. Of all the sports, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's probably the one where you're going to have just about <laughs> as big an advantage as um, any other, aren't you? And the biggest, the biggest issue that comes up regularly from my reading on the subject, and yet again, I'm the same, I'm not against people transitioning over to being female, vice versa. If, you know, it's, it's their life, it's, you know, and we've got to be LBGT plus um, aware. But um, the biggest thing for me is the testosterone levels is the problem. And with weightlifting, testosterone levels would give you an advantage if you've got high testosterone levels, I would have thought. Yeah, I think they've just, regardless of all, I think they've just opened up a very, very um, dangerous path there um, by allowing this. So I just, I think it, um, yeah, we could pave the way for in 20, 30 years where we don't really have any women competing in women's sports. Which would would be sad, by the way. Which is definitely not a good thing. The question is to ask is, you know, as a parent even, do you want your daughter, say, playing in a contact sport against someone that previously played against your son in a contact sport? Well, exactly right. Which, which I know it's probably a bit redneckish and people will say that and they'll probably cane us on um, social media about it, but that is the scenario. Someone could get seriously hurt in a contact sport with the transition of that sort of stuff if the testosterone levels and strength and that remains. It's just a it's just a wide just a widely known fact that the uh, the female body just isn't put together like a male's body. So, mm. um, so any any uh, any heavy hit from a male is obviously <clears throat> going to do more damage. Yeah, and look, maybe it maybe the world governing bodies need to look at it closer, and maybe in like you got your. And I've heard I've heard the scenario, and I and I felt like throwing something through the TV when I heard someone say it. Someone tried proposing that they should go to the Special Olympics, the Paralympics, sorry, and have their own division because they've already got different divisions for you know amputees and God knows what. And I'm thinking that's and I'll say it that's shitting on the face on someone's face that's actually got a disability and you know adversary in their life and they've gone to compete. I'm wondering, do they need to look at having men, women, and transsexual in the Olympics? I don't think they do at all because there's not um, that many transgender athletes in the world. I think it's pretty simple that you just don't let the um, men compete with the women and the women compete with the men. It's, it's that simple. Well, it's not that simple when someone's legally a woman, but they were no. a man. <coughs> no. That's the problem, yeah. Woody. That is it's the not, problem. Not, it's not, uh, that, not that complicated. It's really not. I think um, science and biology overrides feelings. So, But if they've I, had the um, the medical um, treatment to change over, they're technically legally. They're legally, but um, I don't know anyone that's ever surgically had their chromosomes changed. No, but the problem is how often have we seen things that are legal and things that are wrong um, not match. Oh, look, I think we, we all know which way it's going, but um, I think um, despite that, I think the majority of people are probably on the same sort of page that we are, that it just shouldn't be happening. And, look, I do apologise to the listeners for putting down the redneck men being women, but it does sort of... 
Well, let's just call it what it is. Well, some people will actually probably agree, but other people will, you know, want me to um, jump off a cliff. But anyway, yeah, and and that's fine too. <laughs> I mean, we're here giving our opinion. So if you have a listen to this later on and <clears throat> want to jump on Facebook or Twitter or something and tell <clears throat> us that you see it differently, then that's fine as well. Like everyone's entitled to their opinion. It doesn't mean you're right and we're wrong, or the other way around. It just means <clears throat> that um, we see things differently. Well, let's be brutally honest, Woody. Um, you're never wrong, are you, mate? Oh, look, I appreciate the vote of confidence. Yeah, anyway, something that's going to be really big at the Olympics as far as I'm concerned, and we've sort of doubled on it a little bit um, with talking about Liz, I think both the women and the men, um, and that's women and men, not sort of crossing <laughs> over and stuff, um, in the basketball for Australia are probably as realistic metal chances as they've been for a long time. Well, it's, uh, it's, 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 um, it's, it's the Australian national team's right to uh, have a really, really good preliminary round and finish a good fourth in the Olympics. Like, like we do. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It might've been, might it be different this year? <laughs> I think <laughs> it might be those. because um, <laughs> the uh, US aren't going to be, as prominent um, as they otherwise have been, by the looks of things. Yeah, they they got time to get it together, but uh, then they, they don't they don't play with each other or as a team as much as as what the international other international teams do. That's why you see other players stepping up and looking like stars. Whether they may not at the NBA, the NBA is a lot individual driven, and, and yeah, these players right. these players aren't used to being a cog in the wheel. No, that's right. Now, I think that's what's going to hold um, the men's team in, in good stead, I think. Um, because, <clears throat> let's be honest, um, except for just a couple of Australian players, most of them are used to just being role players, aren't they, in yeah. their NBA teams. Whereas a lot of the US players um, are used to being the main star and having everything go through them and really aren't used to taking that step back and and just being that cog. And the, and the hardest job in the scenario of any US team, if they've got all their stars available, is the bloody coach because he's got to manage the egos. Ah, well, they've got the right man <clears throat> for the job this time. So Who is it? Greg Popovich. So okay. I, don't, I don't think they're going to have too many issues with that. <clears throat> but, um, I, yeah, I, I think they're, um, they're in a good spot with the coach there, but... Um, as um, Jeremy said, they just um, they've got time to get get their house in order, um, and there's a little bit of time on their side still. Um, if they click, they're going to be the gold medal favourites. But um, they've also left the window open for a couple of others to have a look in because Nigeria beat them in a warm up game as well. And in the women's, I know you you may not have looked as closely at that, but um, I think uh, Australia are a real chance there as well. Yeah, they are, and I think they um, – oh, did they play a warm-up game against the U.S. as well? I think, no, I think during they the week, beat I think them. No, nah, I think the U.S. won. Um, they fancy themselves. Yeah, I think the, um, we were in a position where we could see both the men's and women's basketball teams medal. <clears throat> yeah, and I know it's not on the list, but something that I stumbled on, and I, and I believe they're also a realistic chance, is the Matildas in the uh, women's soccer – uh, the only thing that may be against them is their group stage has the US in their group. There's, um, by memory, the Matildas, the US, New Zealand, 
and it might be Sweden. Um, yeah, but the the Matildas they've still got a quality quality players um, littered throughout that whole team. So and they've still got arguably the best woman player on the planet. Well, that's in, right. Sam in, um, Sam Kerr's Sam as good as anyone in the women's yeah. game. So good chance. Um, yeah, when you've when you've got the best player or one of the best players <laughs> in the world. Um, in any any team sport, you're a chance, aren't you? Well, what are you what, what she's got something to prove. She's got something to prove from the World Cup too. It's not just that though. Um, the players around them lift as well. So this is going to be the biggest tournament for a lot of the women's players as well, and might be their only chance to play with Sam Kerr. Um, so some of them might might just go to a to a level that they haven't before. Just a, 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 the Olympics as a whole, guys. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you think? Maybe less is more. Do we do we need to bring all these new sports in, or can we can we can we strip it back to the bare bones, like your your general strength and endurance sort of? I, I have a I have a theory on this, um, and we've talked about basketball and soccer, um, which yeah, they'll be in the Olympics, and we'll probably watch them. But for for mine, I think the appeal for the Olympics is because it's the pinnacle. Like you look at your athletics and your um, swimming and that sort of stuff, gymnastics, and that's the pinnacle of the sport. So for me, if it's not the pinnacle of your sport, I don't think it's got as much appeal being in the Olympics. Yeah, with I, I think um, obviously it's evolved like it has due to the explosion of population on the planet and, yep. you know, to try and get more people interested in it and whatnot like that. But uh, where I find it more, at least the soccer has some certain rules in place so you don't have your Messi's and Ronaldo's playing at it. But yeah. some other sports that they've dragged in, like the cricket, golf, when they've had golf in yep. and stuff like, like that. Surfing this year too. Yep. Yep. Skate, skateboarding. <clears throat> That's actually, they're, they're actually dragging in, you know, top-notch professionals. Yeah. That's yeah, where no, I, no, I, and I tennis. Think, I don't think that's not what the Olympics is about. No, that's right. Where I can I can see the modified rules for say the soccer, where you know it's under twenty three or whatever it is, and and you're allowed like three that. overage players. <clears throat> yeah, I can. That, I, that's in the men's. Yeah, in the men's. Um, and look, there's probably not enough um, tournaments for a lot of women's sports, so I can probably live with the women's soccer being the best of the best in the Olympics. Um, even though they're professional players, because let's be honest, they're not on the millions that the men are anyway. Um, so they're probably closer to an amateur status than what you could argue any men soccer players are. Yeah, that's right. But I still just think you just just um, go go back maybe maybe twenty or thirty years to what the Olympics was then, and and I think they had the right mix back then. Um, but yeah, they're trying to modernise it and appeal to a younger audience, and I get that. But I think it that that takes away from some of the more traditional Olympic events as well. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Um, any other discussion points around Tokyo? Anyone wants to? Well, look, the the, the big discussion is: is it going to go ahead? Really? We yeah. just, yeah. we just wait and see. A, just a wait and mm. see. Something we didn't allude to, though, too, which is probably it still affects Tokyo indirectly, is we're not going to. If it does go ahead, we're not going to see the fastest woman on the planet due to her making the choice of smoking a little bit of the wacky tobacco. Um, does that really? That I believe that's only an American rule that made it illegal, anyway. From my reading, I don't think it's actually illegal Olympic wise. 
Yeah, which uh, speaks to how silly it is, I think. Yeah, like it's American trials. I don't think it's even, I think I read somewhere where it's not even like an American rule. It's just a trials rule in America or something that you can't be, have um, marijuana in your system. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. It was almost like it was a rule just for that. The way I read it was, it was almost like it was a rule just for that part of the qualifications, which is ridiculous. Yeah, and you think of all the all the athletes in the world going there. I don't think she'd be Robinson Crusoe and having a bit having a bit of having a bit of the weed in their system. Well, is it is it as bad as her turning up bloody pissed to the trials? I mean, who knows? Who really knows? Seriously. Anyway, that's got to the end of the discussion. Is there anything else um, you guys got for us before no, we no, say no, just, uh, the, uh, also, <laughs> also, look at again. Uh, we'll have an AFL special coming up reasonably soon <clears throat> as well. So yes. keep your ears out for that. Yes, and it will be an interesting Tim's torment, is all I can say. Mm-hmm. Melbourne supporters, look out, is all I yeah. will say. All right. Melbourne supporters look out. So it's got that lovely stage where Woody's going to rattle off all the social media for us, which he's probably blocked from at the moment. No, no, no. <coughs> Our accounts are still still kicking along, so that's fine. So you can search for us, um, MPO Sports Podcast on Facebook or find us <coughs> MPO Podcast on Twitter. And our email address is mbopodcast at gmail.com. And we're about five followers away from 100 on um, Twitter. So well, we we go well. And well. there is a few celebrities that follow us too. So it might be worthwhile following us. Yeah, there, there's a couple. Yeah, <laughs> we've got, got a couple of uh, from, the, from the wrestling world, most notably. Hi, Vince Russo. <laughs> and I believe, did um, Eric start following us? Um, no, no, just uh, Mr. Just Bishop liked, didn't just, just like <coughs> just one of liked the tweets, us, yeah. yeah. But, but he's obviously aware of our astuteness around oh, certain um topics, quite, quite clearly, oh, and yes. no doubt that he would be, <clears throat> yeah. Um, just before I do my huru um spiel, I better apologize for my COVID anger with Woody when we're talking soccer. That's just I'm blaming it on lockdown, <laughs> and um, I'd like to plug Josh Watson, who's been communicating with us today. and um, I think he's well and truly prepared for the files hitting him via email for him to edit. Well, look, not just <coughs> that as well. I think it's going to be a busy couple of months for us as well because um, he's he's keen to join us for an EPL preview. Yep. Um, we'll be doing an <coughs> NFL, AFC and NFC preview as well. And we um, might even chuck in a UFC sort of mixed martial arts end of year review. Before. Yeah, that's right. So there might be a bit going on. So, um, yeah, it could be a busy, busy couple of months for us, which will be, be very good, I think. And look, Josh, unlike um, Sam Newman and Don Scott, will provide music to our uh, podcast. And here we're using <laughs> Zaggy 2 um, for our intro, outro, and I believe the break music. So um, just have a bit of a listen to a young budding artist. It's better than listening to uh, Sam Newman sing... Um, it's all right. Um, we're getting back or whatever it's called. And, and, oh, it's not um, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, come back again. I'm just crazy about you, babe, because I tell you what, that was very interesting last week. I haven't listened to the new episode yet, but Jeremy has, and he informs me they still have no music. So Interesting. <clears throat> so it would, would be. Anyway, it's going to be goodbye from myself. Hello. And from me as well, and we'll be back shortly for an AFL um, 
bit as well. So All things AFL. Catch us later. And don't forget to get communicating on our social media. Catch you later.